fraternal greetings and a warm welcome to India's first and only Freemasonic podcast, The Ashlers, a unique podcast that is hosted by Masons aiming to share information and the timeless wisdom around Freemasonry with the rest of the world, thus sharing the light of Masonry far and wide. As a disclaimer, the thoughts and opinions shared by the hosts and participants on The Ashlers is solely their own and thus do not represent any official positions or proclamations of any Grand Lords thereof. Be assured that best efforts have been made to keep the conversations and presentations on the level for brethren and non-Masons alike. Hello and welcome everyone to yet another episode of The Ashlers. We are very close towards, you know, this this amazing paper that, uh, sorry, not paper, in fact, <laughs> the first chapter of Morals and Dogma that we have been discussing, we are very close to closing it and uh, for all you know, we might be able to close it this time. So <laughs> with that being said... <laughs> And, uh, you know, usually before every episode, uh, you know, me and Ranesh get together, we do our planning 15-20 minutes uh, and decide who's going to talk on what and you know all of these. And this literally felt like a journey. What do you think, Ranesh? Yeah, I completely agree with you, Shishir. <laughs> uh, you know, I have obviously, I had already read this uh, chapter. I can't say I've read the book because obviously uh, somewhere down the line I realized that I'm just going around in circles and I need uh, more than just my own mind to actually go through it. So obviously I thought that I need to take a bit of a break and uh, I I definitely feel anybody and everybody who has read Albert Pike could actually realize that you te- you should be taking a bit of a break. Otherwise you are just going to go into some sort of a black hole or a white, uh, you know, it's, it's a rabbit hole. It's You're going to be Alice in Wonderland in this thing. So you definitely need to take a break and discuss about it because that's when you kind of learn different perspectives. And that's exactly what Shishir and I decided and thought of. We thought about uh, trying to work on our own. We realized we definitely need some external help. We had with us Right Worshipful Brother and Rama Prasad who actually helped us, guided us. We are definitely going to continue this journey. Uh, this is just the first chapter and we still have to cover two more chapters somewhere in the, maybe uh, some f- future episodes or future seasons. We are definitely going to do that. And the idea is to ensure that we get to learn from others, see what their perspective is. And in that process, make sure that we have taken that one step towards Masonic advancement. Very well put, man. And, you know, th- the point is here again that you don't just jump into something. You take your time. Sometimes you take a step back, reflect, think about it, right? And then you move forward. Try to absorb what is it that you have read through first. And again, like we have said, this is not necessarily an easy book, right? It's not an easy chapter either. So Mm -hmm. it takes time to really invest that time and effort to really understand what this guy is talking about. So with that, Mm -hmm. folks, I'm sure this is no surprise, but, uh, you know, we'll continue the discussion on chapter one that is Ended Apprentice of Morals and Dogma by Albert Pike. So with that, I will hand it over to Rinesh to do a quick recap and then we'll dive into the further topics of the chapter. So Rinesh, over to you. Thanks. Thanks a lot, Shashir. So the reason why we are doing the recap is because the first 
point which we wanted to cover in this episode kind of brings us to the idea of what exactly uh, or rather it confuses us so let me just go back we kind of ended the episode or rather if you are reading the book along with us uh, we were talking about the three greater lights in freemasonry and the three lesser lights the three greater lights obviously the volume of sacred law the square and compasses and the three lesser lights obviously were the uh, the sun moon and the master of the lodge which are basically kept in front of the two wardens as well as the master now you have covered the sun we know what the sun is we obviously understand and we have immense number of materials to explain why sun was very important in any religion or region or culture of their of a specific area i think the only other place the only place they might not have actually given that importance is where the sun would not have risen and given us that kind of a light but then you have another celestial body which is the moon which basically reflects sun's light so if it is not the sun it is the moon or some in some cases obviously we have both like for example in india we kind of have a lunisolar calendar so it kind of is a mixture of both of these aspects and that is where it kind of starts off what does the sun do so the master and, and when we are talking about the three lesser lights the sun the moon and the master of the lodge and it as as i said the three lights in some lodges are kept in front of the master and the two wardens somehow i'm still not able to correlate them with where they are supposed to stand because the three lesser lights which we have been talking about is sun a moon and the master so you already have a body celestial body which is giving light you already have another celestial body which is reflecting light so what is the master doing now that is something which i would really like to understand more and my journey is not going to stop or rather i don't think so even it's going to even start properly in this episode i am going to read more on that but as per albert pike what he mentions is the master of light and life which is literally the sun and the moon are symbolized in every lodge by the master and his wardens and this makes the duty of the master to dispense light to the brethren by himself and through the wardens so that means in this situation the master is the sun the warden one of the warden in, well, we have two but in this case the one of the warden is actually the moon which is reflecting that light and with the help of these two wardens he has been able to to provide that wisdom provide that light to everybody in the lodge room now that's a beautiful way of trying to bring that concept as i said i'm still not able to correlate with where does the sun stand where does the moon stand and obviously where master comes into place but that's the point that this line when it talks about how a master actually provides the guidance through his warden and if you remember brethren especially the ones who are part of freemasonry who remember right when the master uh, uses the gavel tries to bring order especially and that is the same thing is being repeated by the senior warden and the junior warden the idea is that because the master has initiated it and the master has initiated obviously for some work the senior warden and junior warden follows it to ensure that in their area the same order is actually spread that literally means that master is the one who is guiding them or said you know what guys we need to start we need to talk about this we need to do this and then the senior warden agrees and he spreads that information junior warden agrees and he spreads that information so you literally have covered the three sides 
and ensure that everybody else knows about. When I started reading more and more on these things, I realized these three concepts are there not only just in Freemasonry. They are there in most of the cultures around the world. There have been places where they have brought um, Odin, uh, who, the Almighty Father, as per uh, the the, the uh, Nordic mythology and everything. Freya, his wife, who was the emblem of universal uh, mother, and Thor was the son, who was literally the mediator because father, mother, and the son. So that was one concept which they had. Similarly, you had many multiple concepts. The sun literally represented the male, the male concept. The moon was the female concept, and. In Egyptian mythology, it, the, there is a concept of Horus, which, by the way, is the blazing star. And I'm going to come to that because the blazing star is the most important point when it comes to talking all about it. Uh, but listeners, blazing star itself is such a huge topic in Freemasonry that you can write thesis on it and i'm not kidding about it i have read i have uh, listened to people who are very passionate about it and i and and i'm pretty sure the listener is actually listening to this one and i want that listener i want that brother to come back to us and give us the paper which he has written on the blazing star i'm looking forward to talk with him on this now what exactly is the blazing star so in freemasonry or at least in the first degree right there are many such things which are lying around us out of this, we talk about certain aspects called the ornaments of the lodge. Now, these not are uh, these are not like ornaments which can be worn. These ornaments are kept lying open so that we kind of understand that. Uh, one of them I'll cover, and the other two are going to be covered by Shishir. The first one, uh, well, the ornaments of the lodge are actually mosaic payment, the indented tassel, and a blazing star. So I'll cover the blazing star because it literally has a lot of stuff. What exactly is the blazing star? It is not the sun. I know sun is blazing, but it is definitely not the sun in this concept. It is actually more than that. It has the, the symbolism of the blazing star in Freemasonry has a divine providence. It is a symbol of light. It signifies a lot of aspects which the sun itself cannot have done. So let me just bring out some other points which I was reading on about. It was definitely considered as the furniture of the lodge or rather the ornament of the lodge. Uh, it was also called as the star of Bethlehem. The star which the wise men, uh, when they were going on their way to Bethlehem, saw so that they could actually see Jesus. In the Prestonian lecture in the United Grand Lodge of England, uh, which they kept, this Masonic blazing star is also very uh, relates to the Moses on the Mount. It kind of talks about how Moses on Mount Sinai, uh, Sinai got the rays of his divine glory. So that is where they, they are talking about it. As I said, it talks about divine providence. It talks about uh, various aspects from the biblical story. In some cases, at least in the continent of Europe, it is considered as a creator. It is said, it is no matter, quote, it is no matter whether the figure of which the Masonic blazing star forms the center, be it a square, triangular circle, it represents the sacred name of God as an universal spirit which enlivens our heart, who purifies our reason, who increases our knowledge and who makes us wiser and better men. I really need to read more on this because this literally makes you start thinking, what is this blazing star? 
Luckily for us, Albert Pike has actually to- spoken a little bit more on that. But interestingly, what he says, and by the way, this these these explanations which I gave about the whole divine providence, right? Albert Pike comes up with another explanation. He says he finds it a bit fanciful. He thinks that uh, the blazing star being the star which obviously the wise men were trying to look for and trying to see Jesus is a more co- uh, modern uh, answer for it. According to him, he represents or rather the blazing star actually represents Cyrus, the dog star which we call, the forerunner of the Nile. The god Anubis, companion of Isis, in her search for the body of Osiris, her brother and husband. So during that entire time is when this blazing star concept is supposedly has come. It became the image of Horus, the son of Osiris, who was obviously symbolized also by the sun, uh, S-U-N, the author of the season and the god of time, with son of Isis, who was the universal nature. When I started reading this, I felt I was more confused about Blazing Star than what I thought Blazing Star was. <laughs> and I, Shishir, I can completely agree. If you are listening to me right now, you will be like, I don't know where Rinesh is going. The, <laughs> the concept of this Blazing Star is so vast that I am pretty sure it cannot be covered. And I repeat, it cannot be covered in this five minutes which Shishir and I have allocated for this. So what I would like to do is we will park this. We will actually park this to see if we are able to get our hands on a paper written on the Blazing Star so that we can discuss that in length. But please do understand, the Blazing Star is one of the ornaments which is kept in the lodge to explain us a lot of options. The radiance which this star has, it is not just that simple light. It literally showcases that you are getting enlightened because of that. Enlightened in what form? If you go back to this Egyptian mythology and the story of what Cyrus is and where does Horus come into place or what Thor would have done or anything of that sort, right? If you start bringing those concepts, it will automatically make more sense for you that why the Blazing Star has been added in this scenario. It was not just randomly picked up and added over there along with obviously the mosaic payment and the tessellated border. Please understand, the mosaic payment is still on the floor. The tessellated border is just the border of those payment. But the blazing star is right up in the sky which kind of guides you, directs you, tells you certain things. And those things are not that easy to understand. So, as I said, we will park it and make sure that we learn more about it and bring it back to you. Thanks, Dinesh. And the reason why I did not pitch in when you were <laughs> calling out for me is because uh, one, I knew that you, you know, uh, are going to be wrapping it up for later. <laughs> <laughs> but at the same time, um, you rightly mentioned that this is itself is a big topic. You know, it's it's not a simple thing that uh, one can wrap one's head around in a few sentences. And guys, the reason is pretty straightforward. That's the funny part of it, right? The reason is pretty straightforward that you can interpret this in many, many ways. And Mm -hmm. in those many ways, you can write, you know, pages over pages. What's important is not how long or how much one can talk about it. What is important is what do you take away from it? What is it that you can take away from it and apply to your life and then say that 
if not the entire blazing star but at least a few photons of its light is what has you know added value to my life and this is the way it has affected me positively what do you think rinesh i agree and i know for a fact that this topic this blazing star in the book has actually come not once many many times but since i am trying to make sure that or rather sorry we are trying to make sure that we only talk about this from this chapter perspective so that we just give you that hint and not the full picture because the full picture needs to be seen enjoyed and watched only by you thanks rinesh and uh, you know now that you have you know sort of covered as much as possible with regards to the blazing star let me pick up the other two ornaments the first one is the tasselated border or the tassels and the other one would be the pavement let me go by order now tasselated border is nothing but four corners of you know the the typical floor that we have the pavement in any masonic lodge but since this is masonry there's definitely some meaning to those four corners or those four tassels as well the first one alludes to temperance and by the way these are uh, actually called the four cardinal virtues in masonry so the first one is temperance temperance well nothing but moderation or self restraint self control you want to have that extra uh, gulab jamun <laughs> you want to have that extra peg or whatever it is but having that power within you to say no i've had enough uh, and this is going above and beyond so i should not overindulge right so that is temperance again whether you're a mason or a non mason it does it doesn't matter because these are simple things that apply to anybody's life the second one is fortitude nothing but courage courage to do the right thing courage to say the right thing courage in general if you have that fortitude like you would have heard this thing right having the mental fortitude to do or say something or to take an action or to take a decision well that's what this alludes to the other one is prudence this is pretty interesting one basically it means discipline right but um, what i like about this is more about discipline in your own life particularly when you are not being uh, looked at or when uh, no one is watching you so you know you walk into a store and maybe the cashier is not around uh, instead of picking up a few chocolates and running off uh, you know just being sly like that you uh, don't do anything like that basically right so it's like doing the right thing at the right time and having the discipline to always be uh, on a moral high ground by doing the right thing finally comes uh, justice that's pretty self explanatory right how can you be a just person you don't have to know the law you just need to know your rather you just need to use your common sense and make the right judgment but also ensure that you are fair at you know your different dealings so these are four cardinal virtue, virtues which forms the tasselated border or the four tassels now comes the pavement now pavement again it's it's nothing but you know uh, to put it very basically it's the floor it's part of the floor of a masonic temple and usually it will be like a checkered floor alternate alternating between black and white tiles this again is intended by design uh you know by by concept to look like that because life 
is all about you know uh, like they say there are two faces to a coin right there is good and bad there's light there's darkness so this this duality in a sense of life is what that alludes to so here again albert pike is trying to home in this particular concept that it is a straightforward simple thing you can't overcomplicate it but at the same time these are things you have to understand masonically or non masonically but this is part of life right you have to understand that life can go in any direction but typically there'll be two ways to look at it what side do you choose to look at if something happens to you you can either be sad about it and curse life or you can see it as an opportunity where okay you probably learned something i'm not saying this is applicable to every single thing and it's not easy to see it that way also but nevertheless you can't still say that oh this was you know completely useless something comes out of it it's a matter of time right so that's overall what albert pike is talking about um with that uh, to cover the further ornaments let me hand it back to dinesh thanks shishir and uh, i just wanted to add one point right when you were talking about this whole uh, four tassels you kind of gave a very uh, simple explanation somehow when i was started to think about what does uh, fortitude mean or what is exactly prudence right like i i was thinking way too big but you actually gave us me a very simple explanation and that simple explanation might not uh, some people might think oh yeah i definitely don't go and steal when nobody's looking but do you do the right thing when nobody is looking right do we need rules laws in uh, a place to do the right thing like for example if the camera is not there on the road do you think you are going to overspeed or uh, drive rashly do you need do you, would you actually do that you might think oh no i am actually going to drive very safely i'm not going to honk that much i'm not going to be like road rage uh, and all that stuff but do you do that or do you do it just because somebody else is or sorry do you don't do it because somebody else is seeing you now that is something which you need to start in thinking about anyway food for thought for all of you or rather a place a, a concept for everybody to think about hello folks this is going to be the end of part 1 of this episode as you can imagine the chapter itself is quite enormous and to ensure that we give you know due time and actually do proper justice to our you know take on this particular chapter we are breaking this into two episodes so this is part 1 part 2 will be released in due time so until then i hope you enjoyed this particular episode and if there's anything you would love to communicate to us please do email it to us our email is the ashlers podcast at gmail.com you can find this in our show notes as well so until then thank you so much and have a very awesome day bye bye and that's a wrap we thank you for your time and hope that we have been able to present to you the true light of masonry in yet another way please continue to watch out for more episodes from the ashlers by subscribing to our channel on most of the popular podcasting platforms links are in the show notes and also feel free to email us at the ashlers podcast at gmail.com your encouragement is what keeps us motivated above all
as proud hosts of India's first and only free Masonic podcast, we wish you all the very best. And until next time, the Ashlers signing off.